Welcome to the Entourage Podcast. My name is Paige Scott, and I'm going to be your host. Entourage Ministries gets its inspiration from Psalm 6811 that says, The Lord gives the command, and a great army of women proclaim the good news. Entourage is a multi-generational, multi-denominational, multicultural women's ministry based in Durant, Oklahoma. Join us today as we dive into truth from the Word so that your heart and spirit may be encouraged. Well, I have the pleasure of having my mom, Debbie Mills, on as a podcast guest today. If you uh, run in our circles with us, then uh, you probably know my mom. Um, We present Hearts at Rest together, and she's also a board and ministry team member for Entourage. So um, she's my mom. She's my best friend, but we also do ministry together, so I can't get away from her. She even owns a restaurant in town, and I eat there like five times a week. <laughs> so she's she's everywhere and it's a it's a blessing. But we're it's December when we're recording this. And so um in my word, I'm in Luke and uh, the narrative of the birth of Jesus obviously is the forefront of teaching and and different things just no matter where you turn right now in, in Christian circles as we're celebrating Advent and Christmas. Um but I'm reminded through the story of Elizabeth and also Mary, how they both had um, moment, a moment, and then moments, and then probably a lifetime of surrendering their children to the Lord, and uh, and I feel like my mom has modeled that so well um, that I just want you to have the opportunity to hear from her wisdom. So, Mom, I'm going to go ahead and tell you the first question I'm going to ask you, and then I'm going to read some scripture uh, so they know what I'm talking about with both Elizabeth and Mary. And so, Mom, um, I it, the question I want to ask you first is, um, why is it important to surrender your children to the Lord, and what does it look like? in application to surrender your children to the Lord. So while she's thinking about that, just going right into Luke chapter 1. Um, this is, uh, in this gospel, this is when when Mary is finding out that, that she's going to become the mother of Jesus. And so um, I'm starting in, in verse 35, right after um, the angel has said to Mary, um, you know, you are going to... Uh, bear a son, and you're going to call his name Jesus. And so Mary says, how can this be? Verse 35, the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and uh, she's in the sixth month of her of her pregnancy. And he goes on to say, nothing will be impossible with God. But Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And uh, just briefly, you see that modeled throughout Mary's life and, and what we know of her motherhood from, uh, for the most part, we see her um, uh, near the cross of, of Jesus as he's crucified in the crucifixion narrative. And we see her encouraging his calling when he turned water into wine and the first miracle recorded in, in John. And so um, when I think of, of Mary and her motherhood with Jesus, I certainly see this surrender. And in, in, in the book of Luke specifically, different revelations come out about Jesus from different people. And it says that she pondered those things in her heart, in my opinion, always thinking back to that revelation um, about um, the purpose of God um, 
God as flesh in, in Jesus's life. And so skipping ahead just a little bit, um, she goes to visit Mary, uh, Elizabeth, her relative, who is going to give birth to John the Baptist, who's going to serve at that at that time kind of as the, the greatest prophet. Well, Jesus is the greatest prophet ever, but certainly the greatest and most notable prophet that the nation of Israel has seen in 400 years. And, and so she gives birth to him, and right at the onset of him being born, eight days later, this is in Luke chapter 1, verse 59, it says, on the the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, talking about John the Baptist, and they were going to call him Zachariah after his father. But his mother answered, no, he shall be called John. And they said to her, none of your relatives are called by that name. And they made signs to his father, inquiring what he wanted his name to be, and he couldn't speak at that time. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, his name is John. And they all wondered. And immediately his mouth was open and his tongue loosed, and he spoke, blessing God. And and so anyway, he was named something different. They raised him outside of the cultural norm, and then his life looked very different than everyone else's. But again, just uh, leading into this, two women who had uh, given birth to a Savior and a prophet, and it both required a level of surrender at the very beginning uh, of parenting. So go ahead and, and answer, why mm-hmm. is it important to surrender, and what does surrender look like in parenting? Okay. Okay. Uh, you know, when I found out I was expecting Paige, uh, I, I knew I was blessed. I knew it was a gift from God, and you want the best for your children. And so uh, having lived life and, uh, and had a relationship with the Lord, I knew that the, the true joy in life comes from serving the Lord. There is no greater joy that you can have success in life in many areas, but It'll all fade, and and happiness comes and goes. And so, uh, I, I I gave my daughter Paige the, over to the Lord. I said, "She's yours. Number her days to serve you." And I pray that she'll be saved at an early age. And I I did pray God's protection upon her. But I understood if she was to truly have the most um, fulfilled, joyful life. I needed to surrender her, surrender her to the Lord. Um, you know, we live in a, a very uh, a scary world, a fallen world, and if we want to try to hang on sometimes to the things we love, it can be very stressful because no matter how much you try to control circumstances in life, life is going to happen. And so I see often... Uh, with women mostly uh, a sense of control with their children out of fear because they're trying to protect them from hurt or protect them from harm. I mean, I said harm or hurt or death or whatever. And in their uh, fear and control, they literally can steal life from their child. And so, I I mean, as a mom myself, I remember with... uh, my little girl Foster, when she was four months old, she had her first fever. And I thought, oh, it's a teething fever because I didn't have a naturally fearful mindset because of the way I was raised. I took her to the the doctor and my mom was with me and uh, she actually tested positive for uh, flu A and RSV at the same time. And I remember I uh, was, I just started crying. I was so upset. My mom's like, what's wrong with 
what's wrong with that? <laughs> is it that big of a deal? And I understood that it was a big deal. I'd gone through such great lengths to make sure everyone had washed their hands around her. I'd never taken her in Walmart. I'd never put her in church nursery because I wanted to create this really um, controlled environment so that she didn't get something like the flu or RSV. And I had successfully controlled everything very well. And then she still got them anyway. And then seven days later, we rounded it out with a double ear infection. Then we're fine. Praise God. But I say all that to say that I feel like that was a grace for the Lord from me because I learned then at that time that I had done everything Mm -hmm. right to protect her. And Mm -hmm. to this day, I can't tell you who she got flu or RSV from because I so controlled her little Mm -hmm. infant world. Mm -hmm. But it it still happened. And so I just learned even in that moment, man, it's going to be a lot more freeing Mm -hmm. to trust um, the outcome of her life uh, with her in the Lord's hands instead of mine trying to direct her steps. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Mom, you mentioned me, but you're a mother of four. Mm -hmm. uh, You have four biological Mm -hmm. kids and Mm -hmm. and a stepdaughter. Uh, but for your your four biological kids, we're all adults. We all accepted Christ. Mm-hmm. We all arise and call you blessed. Has surrendering your children looked the same each time, um, or has it looked different for different kids? Because we're certainly all different. And mm-hmm. when we arrived in right. your life, um, yeah. and how we've lived our own lives, um, so has that looked the same for each child? Surrendering each child is not different, but raising each child is different, and your prayer life is different because God makes everybody so unique and different, and uh, with each child, each personality was totally different. Uh, I had to pray specific ways uh, for each child, and uh, two, as you get around to several children, especially by the third child, you have the dynamic of... uh, fussing and it's uh, or the vying for attention so it's different uh you with the more children you have it's different and i think since we're talking about mary and having children we know that jesus had uh siblings and uh later on life life it mentions that and uh so um yeah i think it's different dynamic but the surrender was the same and that i knew I could not hang on to my children. They were the Lord's to give. And uh, when they were of age, graduated from high school, they would be moving on. And it, it was my prayer, too, at an early age, not only that they received the Lord early, but they I uh, started praying for the right mate because I know even in life, a person can love the Lord. And if you choose the wrong mate, it can bring very much hardship. So now having... Uh, raised four children and three that are married, the most joyful thing other than seeing them receive Christ is to see them live with the perfect mate that compliments them and that they truly experience joy, love, and peace together. And now I'm getting to experience grandchildren and watch them parent their children. So, uh, uh, yeah, so it's been a big blessing. That reminds me. Uh, so but you talked about the importance of prayer and basically the way that you continually surrender your children to the Lord mm-hmm. was in your prayer life right, over right, and over right. again. It wasn't just a one-time mm-hmm. mindset. No. It was a continual daily surrender. Um, but anyway, I remember I had a really nice boyfriend that he was great. We all loved him. He is great. Um but anyway, I really wanted my mom to like check 
off like give me her um, strong approval um, because everyone else would that this guy was just perfect for me and it would just bug me to death now I, I say this to say my mom was not manipulative she would not um, try to manipulate my decision about dating him or not dating him but I could tell uh, because I have discernment um, from the Lord, and I'm a lot like my mom, that she just wasn't um, at 100% approval on, on feeling that that was the person I was supposed to marry. But she would never um, she would never say that in a way that tried to instill fear in me. Uh, she was always kind and supportive, but I could just tell there was not that release of approval that, that I wanted. And so long story short, after I meddled in uh, with a lack of peace for two and a half years from the Lord about being in a relationship I shouldn't have been in, one month later, I met who was now my husband of 10 years. And um, Anyway, when when my mom met him, I could just tell she was crazy about him. I was crazy about him. And then she showed me this prayer, a very specific prayer that she had prayed my entire life, so 20 years at that time, uh, for my future mate. And I'd actually not seen the prayer before. She may have told me about it, but I'd never seen it. And it was my husband to a T. And so she understood that she had sown seeds for me to have a very specific spouse and that, um, you know, the path that I was going down did not line up with that, but she didn't try to control the situation. She didn't try to manipulate me. And she also didn't give a false peace or hope Mm -hmm. or approval about it. Um, But she trusted that the Lord, that I would finally be obedient Mm -hmm. to the Lord. And I was, and we ended up taking the words from that prayer she'd prayed and put it on our wedding invitation as a testimony um, of that coming about. And so that's just an awesome example that I can think of in my own life where my mom could have chosen to have been really controlling in that dating relationship. Mm -hmm. He was a good godly guy. So Mm -hmm. there wasn't anything like, um, you know, hearts got, got hurt, but she, she let me walk that out until I came mm-hmm. to a place of obedience with the Lord. And then she saw the Lord bring the fruit of her prayers mm-hmm. full circle. And not only did she see it, but everyone that got a wedding invitation saw it. And uh, and I just think that's amazing. That's an example that comes to my mind. Have you found that there are certain seasons and circumstances that arise in parenting that make you want to grab onto that control? Mm-hmm. Are there certain things that happen um, that are, are triggers that you feel like have made you want to grab back onto that control and you've had to re-release, re-surrender back to the Lord. Yes, like I say, each child is different. And with you, you were very compliant. And um, so when you get a, a child that's not being defiant, but you can tell um, they may not be receiving your suggestions as well as you want, it's easy to get alarmed and want to to control because uh yeah you, you if you don't watch it you can be driven by fear when circumstances happen and and you're thinking boy I know where this will lead if he doesn't make uh the right choice uh you can get pretty freaked or scared or really want to manipulate so you have to go to the lord once again, when you sort of see they're sort of sliding in the wrong direction, that you really need to pray specifically to turn them back in the direction they need to go. You know, for example, if it's a, a friend they're hanging around with that uh, 
you know that they really think a lot of that friend, but you can see it's not a friend that they need to spend a lot of time with. You just want to pray, uh, you know, for that that relationship. Yeah. Um, I, I would say that there may be some women listening. You're talking about praying for your children, and they don't even know really where to start mm-hmm. on that other than praying. Maybe they pray, Lord, bless my child today, put mm-hmm. a hedge protection on them, and those are wonderful prayers right. to pray. I pray right. those daily for my right. children. But where would you encourage a woman to even begin praying for her children mm-hmm. in the circumstances like you've described? Right. Well, you ask, you know, for discernment from the Lord. You get alone with the Lord. You pray for wisdom, and you sit quietly before the Lord and listen. And, and you know what the Word of God says about raising children. And then there's always outside resources to help. I was fortunate, very, very blessed that when Dayton was born, the third child, as a gift, a woman gave me a book, How to Pray for Your Children. So it's a very thin book. So I had read that. And actually, it's where I saw the prayer to pray for your mate. And, and then there was a prayer for the boys, to pray for the boys' mates. And, uh, and then prayers when they were hanging around with kids that wouldn't be best for them. So I was very thankful to have that because that really, really helped me. Uh, one, one example was one of my sons at one point was dating a, a girl that was not best for him, but in his mind and eyes, she truly was. And I knew that nothing I could say would possibly change that, but could actually make it worse. So I had saw a prayer in that book to just pray that she would abandon him because I knew that if they had chose life together, it would be a very difficult life uh, for both of them. So God answered that prayer. So it's always exciting to see God answer your prayers. And I know in that particular season, there was a community of women that Mm -hmm. you were in fellowship with that prayed. Talk about what that's like to... to, the importance of community, not only in praying, mm-hmm. but just being around other parents that surrender their their children to the Lord and the importance of that. It's it's very important because I, I remember uh, when the son was going through this, in my mind I needed to talk to someone, and I also needed some prayer coverage, but I wanted uh, the prayers to come from people when uh, they said they had prayed that they was really going to pray. And it just needed also to be people that understood the battle from the same angle I did. So, uh, uh, you know, I even uh, there was a particular minister at the time that I just thought, you know, I can tell he's a man of prayer. So I prayed that I'd get the opportunity to pray with him. I went down front and uh, asked to speak to him, and he said, You've been on my mind. I have been wanting to speak with you. So there was one, okay, God, here we go. This is the way you answer prayer. So he and his wife prayed for me, and they said, we join you in your prayers. And that was such great comfort for me. And then I had two lady friends. I would meet with them and pray, and that was brought much comfort because, uh, yeah, the, to me, um, when things happen to you individually, that's one thing. But when things happen to your children, it's a lot bigger stressor because you do want the best. I think God put that within us to work for their best. And uh, 
And with this situation, with this son, it like I say, it was very crucial, and I understood it. And uh, I was desperate, I guess you could say, that I truly understood I could not win that battle in the flesh. If I said, you are absolutely not dating this girl, that would not work. And if I threatened him, I knew I literally would push him away. So, uh, yeah, so there was a lot of uh, tears, a lot of read my word and just just praying and crying and being to the Lord till I'd get peace. And I remember that scripture, it said, in quietness uh, quietness and confidence shall be your strength, Mm -hmm. Isaiah. Isaiah. That was just sort of, it would calm me. That would just... I, I thought, I don't know how that verse calms me, but that would calm me. And uh, so I did get this. What's neat about that situation is not only did God answer that prayer, but he literally has the best wife for him mm-hmm. on the face of the planet. I could not have looked anywhere for a better wife than him. She's just amazing. And I actually, yeah, she just makes him a better person. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Two concluding questions, Mm because we'll have to wrap up this episode, but I want to bring you back to do more of this because it's so special. Um, So two different types of listeners that we have right now. Um, If there's a listener who has a child that um, wants to follow the call of God on their life, Mm -hmm. and even as a believing parent, they're terrified about that right. say to be a missionary say yes. to be a pastor yes. say to go to bible school whatever right. what doesn't matter or maybe it's to be a teacher and mm-hmm. they have the you know the parents had other plans for them that mm-hmm. um, by the world standards seemed different you know whatever the case may be um how would you encourage a mom who um is having a hard time releasing a, chi- a young adult child mm-hmm. to really follow the call of god or college age whatever to follow the call of God on their life. I would just encourage her to know this much as she loves him, God loves him way more. And if that God has called him into his purpose, he's going to protect him. He's also uh, He's going to lead a very joyful life, and that's what you want to see for your child. And I literally have uh, I heard a woman, and I, I will back to that in particular, heard a woman say, Lord, I dedicate my son to your ministry, but I pray that he never goes overseas for missions. So this was a prayer of a woman as her child. I don't know if she was still carrying him or if he had been born. So basically what she was saying is I do want ministry for him because I'm offering this to you, Lord, in thanks that you gave me this son, but... I'm holding on to control, and I do not want him to be a foreign missionary. Be- so ultimately, you peel that back. So what is that? That's fear. Mm-hmm. That she's saying, I love my son. I don't want him to get hurt. Mm-hmm. So she is trying to control this situation. Therefore, uh, just not giving him as much freedom as he needed to to move in that direction. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, on the other end of that, um, what would you say to a, a parent that has an estranged child mm-hmm. um, that they don't maybe even have contact with them right now? Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you do? How do you can how do you surrender a child to the Lord that really doesn't even acknowledge that you're they're your child at this point? Right. That that's very 
painful. So number one, you pray that God would protect them from harm mentally, physically, spiritually, that you'd put a hedge of protection about them to keep them from evil and to keep evil from them, and that you, the Lord would draw them back to Him, and that things in their life that uh, are not of God, they would not be desirable, um, and just really pray and believe uh, that God's eventually going to answer that prayer. And, and I know it takes a while sometimes. Yeah, and um, one more question. So we have a lot of ladies my age that have younger, ch- I mean, infant, toddler, preschool children. God bless us all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and if you're listening to this and you're not in motherhood yet, we just we pray that if that's the desire of your heart, that God open open your womb and make make room mm-hmm. for that. We are sensitive to to that, and we would be happy to pray with you in person anytime. Um, and partner with you that, that that might come to fruition in Jesus' name. But what does it look like? We talked, you know, you talked about like surrendering a baby, like at the onset of having a mm-hmm. baby. But like, and then all these big life decisions, like who they're dating, who they're mm-hmm. marrying, they're right, calling. Right. But in those little years, yeah. infant, toddler, preschool, how what does it look like to um, be a surrendered parent, like in terms mm-hmm. of you've surrendered them to the Lord mm-hmm. in those little years. Yeah. Um, wh- what does that right. look like? What that looks like in the little years is you need to be at peace with the Lord. You need to love the Lord and you need to uh, be walking in His peace uh, because those children are going to feel your peace. If you're anxious or fearful, they're going to feel that. And I, I think the Lord... That for whatever reason, he had taught me that before I had children, that children learn fear. So, uh, and we should have, there's there's things we should fear, like running out in front of a car on the street. There's things that we need to teach our children not to do. But to just add uh, extra fears to control your children, because that's another thing, too, I've seen women do, like, you better not do that or the boogeyman will get you or that police officer will get you. So they're they're teaching them to fear authority, to fear uh, evil, and, and, and most certainly you got to be careful that they don't fear people. Like, you know, you teach them not to talk to strangers, but don't get them so scared of strangers that they're not going to value and love other people. So, uh, so. I wouldn't teach an extra fear to control them because it's you want to do that. You want to teach, you want to make them fearful so they won't do something because it's easier to control them at the time, you know, like, you know, don't get out of my sight because some stranger may kidnap you and I'll never see you again, you know. So you just terrify them and you make them scared to death that some stranger or whoever that is is going to grab them. So they're living in fear, whereas you should just say, you don't get out of my sight and, you know, and these are your boundaries for talking to people, but don't teach them extra fear. And uh, I, and I, I remember when you were young, Paige, there was a girl in a youth group is just really 
fearful. And as soon as she'd come to our house, she had locked the door just as soon as she got there. And one day uh, she said, you know, she locked the door. I said, Katie, you don't lock the door. And in front of you, she said, well, the strangers will get us if we don't. So I remember you hearing that and, and you're asking, what is she, you said, what does she mean, mom? The strangers will get us. So she had just brought fear into my home that was not necessary. So. so I think what I hear you saying, and this makes total sense, is that the what in these early informative years, the way that you surrender your children to the Lord is by modeling a surrendered life. Yes. You have to surrender mm-hmm. to the Lord in your own steps to be led by the Spirit, mm-hmm. not by the flesh, to be led in faith and not in fear. Um, so... And that creates kind of a fertile soil for those seeds of surrender to grow in. And I just can't help but think as we wrap this up about Hannah, if you go back to uh, mm-hmm. First Samuel, Hannah's story is much like Elizabeth, John the Baptist's mother, a woman um, who was barren um, and and prayed to the Lord uh, for, for a son or a child. And she had Samuel, who had become prophet to the nation of, of, of Israel. And after he was weaned, she dedicated him so much to the Lord, she took him to um, the temple to be raised mm-hmm. in service of the Lord. And, and I always think about the true surrender of her heart and how um, she was faithful to the surrender that she gave to the Lord right on the front end. And because of that, not only... Did she have a son, but an entire nation received mm-hmm. a prophet? Right. And um, and I think that is what is at stake with when you surrender, don't surrender your children, um, hoarding, mm-hmm. ho- hoarding. Right. And uh, and I know that you and my mom. I want to encourage you too. My mom was not raised in a Christian home. These are not things modeled for her. My mom has loved the Lord from a young age, and the Holy Spirit has taught her in wisdom how to parent and do these things. So. It's the same spirit that speaks to my mom and leads her that can lead any anyone mm-hmm. um, at any stage of, of motherhood right now. But I, and I know you're in your word recently. You noticed that Samuel resided mm-hmm. in the same community yes. later in life yes. that his mom lived in, and she got to enjoy yes. presumably uh, yes. observing him and God's yes. call. And so, just to wrap this up and to honor my mom, I know that. Um, we have four, like she said, she has four adult kids. We all live in Durant, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and I don't think any of us plan to live in Durant, That's Oklahoma. Right. And that may not be forever, but it's for right, right. now. And um, and I know that my mom prayed that God would send us, send us out to do what He wanted us to do. And somewhere along the way, He decided to bless her in her prayer of surrender, and um, and certainly the blessing is to each of us, too. Uh, if you need her, she'll be available in five years. She's busy babysitting until then. <laughs> be more than five years. Yeah, more than five years. <laughs> a fourth one, not even married yet. <laughs> oh, which is, yeah, praying for him, yeah. a godly wife, at the end yeah. of this prayer meeting. Yeah. <laughs> if you're single and godly, Pray for him. He'll be ready in a year or two. <laughs> um, anyway, but mom, thank you for sharing these um, uh, thoughts on on surrender and and we have uh, maybe our first podcast we ever did was on Hannah and surrender back in like November. Of, I think it was November of 2018. But I remember that when you read the, her her account in First Samuel, that after she um, surrenders to the Lord and says, "If you give me this child, you know, you can can use him for your service," that she leaves in peace before she's even seen her miracle come to pass. So it says that she goes back and she she fellowships and participates in what's going on in the story. And I just love that. And I've always remembered that peace came in the surrender, not mm-hmm. in the answer of her prayer. Yeah, and so I would true. just. 
impart that wisdom from the word to everyone, um, that peace follows surrender, not always the immediate manifested answer to whatever we hope a prayer will be Mm -hmm. or an outcome will be. But there is peace and surrender. And as mom quoted from Isaiah, in quietness and confidence, you Mm -hmm. will find your strength. Mm -hmm. And um, last, Jesse and I were talking today about how we were reading from an article and, and the things of God sometimes just sound like a seed falling to the ground, a loaf of bread rising. They're quiet and they're small, but they're profound. And surrender and parenting is one of those things. Mm-hmm. It may not be tangibly um, seen, heard, felt, or expressed, but it is something uh, that is from the kingdom of heaven, like mm-hmm. leaven, that will change the whole dynamic of your parenting as well as the child, as well as the nation and nations that that child will mm-hmm. impact in Jesus' yeah. name. So, um, Mom, would you just say a prayer uh, for any uh, mothers listening mm-hmm. today that um, do want to surrender their children to mm-hmm. the Lord or for yes. any women listening that aren't moms yet that really yeah. desire that? Yeah. Uh, Father, we thank you for being here with us. I thank you for those listening. And uh, for the women who long to be moms, Father, I pray that you give them that desire, Father, in, in your, your perfect timing, and just be preparing their hearts uh, for that season and just resting in you right now and in who you are and your goodness. And I pray for the moms with children. I know uh, there's no greater love than a mom for a child, and they desire what's best for their kids, and they love them so much. And uh, sometimes, um, because we love so much, it's easy to want to control because we want to protect them from any harm. Uh, we want to pr- just we want, don't want to lose them. We don't want things to happen to them, Father, and that can disturb our peace and and make us anxious. And when we become anxious. That's torment, and our children feel it. Lord, you say that perfect love cast out all fear. So just as you had perfect love by offering Jesus, I pray as moms that we would all have that perfect love to to trust you with our children. Uh, and I just pray for moms with young children that they pray for these kids to come to know you at an early age, Father, and, and, for, and for your protection and for wisdom to raise them. And, Father, uh, thank you there. Forgive, you are forgiving God that when we make mistakes, which we do, that you forgive us and that we forgive ourselves because sometimes that's the hardest thing is forgiving ourselves and also protect these moms from comparison and comparing uh, themselves to other women, other moms, and uh, just let them know that each child is unique. And as you train them in the way they should go, that you're bending their bow in the direction it needs to go for that personality, for that gifting, that every child is different, and just give them wisdom to not compare children and uh, just to be to be thankful and to, to let them be able to enjoy this season. For it's in your name I pray. Amen. 
Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Entourage Ministries, visit our website at entourageministries.com or visit us on Facebook or Instagram. We gather for our monthly worship gathering open to any woman who has interest the second Tuesday of every month at the Monterey in the Arts District of Durant, Oklahoma. 